Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. Uh, This is one of my favorite shows of the year. It's our annual Chaplain's Christmas show. And in a moment, we're going to meet Colonel Chaplain Buddy Wynn. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. Chaplains play an important role in our armed forces. Whether our service members are Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Buddhist, or one of the hundreds of other faith traditions, our chaplain corps is ready to meet their spiritual needs. Embedded in units across the force, our chaplains advise our commanders and ensure the free exercise rights for all service members are upheld, including those who hold no faith tradition. Chaplain teams spiritually enlighten and rejuvenate us during good times and console and heal us during the bad. They have answered a higher calling to their faith and their fellow service members. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. As I said at the opening, this is our annual Chaplain's Christmas show, and I'd like to share some information with you. Since 1775, even before America became a country, the United States Army Chaplain Corps' sacred calling and and purpose has been to care for the soul of the Army. People are the Army's number one priority, and the Chaplain Corps is committed to investing in people connecting them in spirit and cultivating community to help build cohesive, highly trained, disciplined, and fit teams. And joining us now uh, for uh, I don't know how many years in a row is Colonel Chaplain Buddy Wynn. Chaplain Wynn, welcome back to uh, Minnesota Military Radio. Merry Christmas, Tom. I'm always thrilled to be here, and this is our 10th show, I think. And uh, what you read there at the beginning, that's that's a team I want to be a part of. And it's a team you are a part of, Colonel. And uh, Merry Christmas back to you. But as you uh, take care of our soldiers and our airmen, you have to say more things than Merry, Merry Christmas because they, they all have different faiths. You know, we, we, for the first time in the history of the Minnesota National Guard, have a rabbi as one of our chaplains. So I'm proposing that next December we're going to do a uh, Minnesota Military Radio chaplain's Hanukkah show. We'll bring Rabbi Camel in. And uh, we'll hear his perspective. And he'll have to show me the way because I haven't done one of those yet. <laughs> but you get uh, people from all faiths, all all religions, all colors. I mean, the Minnesota National Guard reflects the community because it's made up of everybody that makes up the state of Minnesota. We are a microcosm. We've got, you know, dozens and dozens of uh, faith preferences in our, in our ranks. We have those who don't claim any faith preference. But when chaplains you know, join the military, they take an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution. And, and there's a part of the Constitution that allows, uh, you know, for the uh, free exercise of religion. Uh, and, and we don't establish that religion in, in our nation, uh, but we don't prohibit the free exercise either. So you can be whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Chaplains are there f- for our soldiers and their families. And, Chaplain, you've seen all sides of this. When you first joined the military, you were an enlisted man in the artillery, I understand. That's right. And 13 after- Fox. And, and apparently had some experiences that drove you to the seminary. That's correct. And we, we won't get, go into those experiences except to say that uh, I know what joy is because uh, of the experience of pain as a young enlisted man. And I'm uh, very, uh, very honored that I get to put the boots on every day and will continue to do so as long as this is what uh, the good Lord has for me. So you started in the military in 1988. You were commissioned in 2003, and here we are 20 years later, and you're a full colonel, and you're heading up the chaplain corps here in Minnesota. There's only three things that have made any of that possible, Tom. The first is God's grace. The second is my wife's patience, and the third is my mother's prayers. Thanks for the ladies in our life, Amen. Chaplain. That's right. Yeah, uh, I've served now under seven presidents, 
And uh, I've been in countries all around the world, um, both as a chaplain and enlisted man. I've deployed to the Middle East three times. And so, like General Mankey says, you know, uh, the soldiers serve, uh, but it's the family that gets drafted and uh, serves alongside. So all the credit goes to the family. You don't get the, the veteran or, or the soldier without the family. Chaplain, can you describe to our listeners the, the Minnesota National Guard Chaplain Corps? How many people are there? And, and I know they're chaplain, but there's chaplain assistants. There's a lot of folks there to take care of our some 14,000 soldiers and airmen here in Minnesota. Yeah, so I'll start with the Air National Guard. We have two wings, one in Duluth. We've got the 148th Fighter Wing, and then in the Twin Cities, we've got the 133rd Airlift Wing. Uh, Each of those locations has three chaplains. One's a senior chaplain, and then the other two are are junior. On the Army side, you know, we've got my position. Uh, We've got a chaplain detachment, which is kind of mobile and can augment uh, religious support at, at various places and times. And we've got the 34th Infantry Division, which has an entire chaplain section, and they're responsible for the leadership and the mentorship and coaching and training of those unit ministry teams across each of our five brigades and 12 battalions. So all told, uh, we've got somewhere in the neighborhood of 26 chaplains for all of our soldiers and airmen and families. 26 chaplains to take care of 14,000 soldiers and airmen. You've got a lot of people to look after. Uh, all of our chaplains have have tremendously big congregations uh, in their units because they're there for everyone. You know, and, and as a Christian chaplain, I, I tell people, um, you know, if you want to hear me preach, come to church on Sunday. Uh, but otherwise, I'm here to listen. And for our listeners, if we want to hear Chaplain Chaplain Wynn preach, stay tuned in the last half of the show, the last half of the fourth segment. He's going to give us a Christmas message that'll be better than anything you've heard, heard this this year. Uh, this is Minnesota Military Radio. We're, we're doing our annual annual Chaplain's Christmas show, uh, and glad you've joined us. Chaplain, uh, I think you and I have talked about this before, but if I'm a military leader, such as the, the adjutant general or higher in the country, uh, we, we've talked about the fact that you've got the motor pool, you've got maintenance people, you've got everybody to keep the equipment and, and everything you need to go to war and in good shape and ready to go. But on the other side of it, we've got people. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me people are most important. How do you train them? How do you get them ready to go on a mission? Uh, and then in the next couple of segments, we're going to talk about what happens when they're on a mission. Mm-hmm. But it's all about keeping the people in as good a shape as all the rest of the equipment, isn't it? It is. Uh, people are our number one priority. I was trained that uh, chaplains maintain the most lethal uh, weapon system in the inventory, and that's the U.S. Army soldier. And they also maintain their logistical support package called the family. And so chaplains do that uh, by offering training uh, in spiritual readiness, uh, in, but mostly uh, the effect that chaplains have comes through personal pastoral presence. That's what our doctrine tells us. So uh, the wise commander will help the chaplain to see how what they do supports their priorities, just as General Mankey spoke about at the beginning of the of the broadcast. Um, so, so it's that ministry of presence, we like to call it, where you've got those personal one-on-one interactions, and we're helping those individuals, as we talked about, regardless of their faith tradition, we're helping them with a level of spiritual readiness, and those with a high level of spiritual readiness that comes from engaging in general spiritual readiness practices or, or general uh, religious practices, depending on their preference, that helps them to develop the qualities that will sustain them in times of stress, hardship, and tragedy. Stress and hardship come with the uniform uh, being put on every day. And because of the, uh, the difficult and challenging nature of the profession of arms, tragedy uh, will follow. So we're there to prepare them to deal with those challenges. 
Chaplain, our troops and the uh, our soldiers and airmen come from all walks of life, particularly when they're in the guard or the reserve, because they've got their they've got their jobs that they're taking care of and their families, and then they come into the military and they have to come together quickly, uh, and and the younger people today seem to have different qualities and different interests than the, the people the Vietnam veterans from my era. How do you bring all those people and all those ages together and build a cohesive team that's ready to go out on a mission, ready to go to war if they need to? Well, you said the word, Tom, it's it's team. And from team, the team uh, develops and gels and sticks together with the glue of trust, trusting that that person in, uh, to my left or my right is looking out for me and that I'm looking out for them. And and when that when that happens, you know, you've got a synergy, a, a one plus one equals three. Um, that soldiers can depend on, and that's what keeps them in the game. I was talking with one of my colleagues this morning. Uh, the the equipment's going to get maintained. You know, we're going to get out to the field, and we're going to uh, complete the task and things like that. But if I'm not caring for that person on my left or my right, uh, and the trust doesn't develop, then that stuff isn't going to matter. Uh, we're not going to be successful in our wartime mission. Chaplain, seems to me, thinking back to my tour of duty in Vietnam, we were over there obeying orders and doing what we were ordered to do. Well, we were over there taking care of our buddies on our right and our left to make sure we could all get a chance to come home, back no to the world. Absolutely. That's still true today, isn't it? It is. I have such uh, gratitude for our Vietnam veterans uh, for what they did when they answered the call or they were told to go via the draft. They went and they did their duty and they take they took care of one another. And, and it was unpopular and they got treated terribly when they returned home. So my home uh, faith kind of... Faith Community is down at Fort Snelling Memorial Chapel, 11 o'clock every Sunday if you'd like to join us. But we have many Vietnam veterans, and that, that um, uh, gratitude, it, I have the opportunity to share that with them every time I see them. And the good thing we've been able to do as Vietnam veterans is make sure that never again do, do our troops get treated like we were when we came home. And I think we've been largely successful working together to make sure that your era and these young chaplains that are with us today, uh, they benefit from what didn't go right for us. You know, I think of our friend uh, Viper, uh, who, who leads our, uh, our our motorcycle. Um, the name's escaping me, Tom, but uh, it's it's the it's the guys who have the motorcycles. It's the folks who hold the flags at all the funerals. Many, many of them are are Vietnam veterans. The Minnesota Patriot. Thank Guard. you, Minnesota Patriot Guard with with Viper at the helm. That's his nickname. And they're made up of all people, not just all, Vietnam that's veterans. That's right. But I, again, if I'm going to go provide a graveside committal and I'm in uniform and I'm walking that solemn walk up to, you know, uh, where that, that person will be at their final resting place, I try to shake hands with as many of them as I can and thank them. So I want to thank you as well, Tom, for being a part of that generation that's enabled uh, what we enjoy today. Thank you, Chaplain. We're going to have to take a short break. When we come back, we've got a couple of young chaplains we're going to introduce and talk about their service to country. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking with Chaplain Colonel Buddy Wynn about the Minnesota National Guard Chaplain Corps. And, uh, Chaplain, uh, we're off to a pretty good start, but uh, you brought a couple of young chaplains with them. We're going to meet one this uh, this segment. Would you like to introduce them? I would. Uh, this young man uh, that we're going to hear from next is is Chaplain Captain Noah Mooney. Noah had a life in the Army before the chaplaincy, uh, as many of our chaplains do our prior service. So he didn't just, uh, you know, graduate from college, go right into seminary and, and pin on a cross. Noah graduated from the University of Minnesota uh, through the ROTC program. And became a chaplain later. So he he was a, a commissioned officer 
before he became a chaplain. So that that gives him a, a skill set that not many chaplains have when they're just starting out. And we're really glad to have him here today to talk about his recent experiences. Chaplain Mooney, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I feel sorry for the hardships of the ROTC program, but <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Uh, Colonel Wynn, uh, I understand that uh, Chaplain, well, let's get into the background here. Where did you go to seminary, and, and how did you get interested in, in becoming part of the Minnesota National Guard Chaplain Corps? Yes, well, it's uh, it's an amazing thing because, uh, as I would have it, there's the sovereignty of God where the, all these little pinpoints are are in your life that you don't know that are kind of guiding you to get to that point. Uh, so I had a, a privilege of having a dad who is actually retired Navy. And so he put a little thought in my head, hey, you should uh, consider military. And then we had a a pastor at our church who was actually a chaplain serving in the National Guard. He poked me as well and said, hey, you should consider potentially going into the National Guard. And so uh, eventually it all happened, which was amazing to go to the ROTC program at the U of M, graduate. But afterwards, I went on to uh, Dallas Theological Seminary which is an awesome opportunity to go to Dallas and then travel back uh, to Minnesota and have a great recruiter over here uh, and Chaplain Wynn and, and pull me back into the Minnesota National Guard, and here I am today. Chaplain Wynn, we talked about this at lunch. If you watch and you listen, there are signals that will that will guide your path in life, and it sounds like Chaplain Mooney was paying attention. Absolutely. Nothing can, uh, can imitate uh, or replace the peace you have in your heart uh, to take a next step in your, in your walk and your calling and your ministry. And then you got a hold of them, and it was it was all over. It's off to the races. Yeah, these young guys, I'll tell you, um, we have such a great young core of chaplains in the Minnesota Guard, uh, like like Noah. And uh, but I'll just put it out there: um, we need more. Uh, there is no shortage of need for chaplains. We need Catholic priest chaplains. Uh, we, we'd love to have a Hispanic chaplain. I'd love to have a Buddhist priest chaplain. Uh, I'd love to have an Imam chaplain to meet the needs of our entire formation. Chaplain Wynn, the recruiter, has just spoken. Chaplain Mooney, <laughs> could you tell us uh, which unit you're a part of? Yes, I'm with the 682nd Engineer Battalion. And uh, I understand you just got back from a deployment. I did, yes. We were uh, with the Southwest Border Mission down there. So how long was that deployment, and when did you get back? Yeah, so if you were to do it all collectively from the time of prepping and demo afterwards, about 14 months, uh, I came back in late November. So we've all, anybody who's been paying attention to the news knows that we've got a, a southern border that has issues, a lot of people trying to cross the border, and we've got a shortage of people in the in the business of securing the border, and we've heard about the call-ups where the military has to go and, and help those other folks and, and support that mission. Uh, I'm guessing from the little bit I've read and heard that your troops were probably spread apart uh, across uh, many miles of border. We were. It was quite an experience because uh, you see the terrain, and I get down there, and everyone thinks, "Hey, you're you're on that southern border. It must be warm coming from Minnesota." Uh, but the truth is, is the the terrain consists of everything from beachfront to desert and mountains and flat plains. There's just about everything in between. Yeah, and I'm also th- uh, thinking that there's a lot of boredom involved down there because a lot of time your troops are just watching. Yes, uh, there is a lot of them, uh, and they're spread out. And I think part of it is realizing that each one of them is in a different circumstance. And so even what it looks like for a care from the chaplain uh, looks drastically different depending on where you're at. So were you the only chaplain who was down there with your unit? I was, yes, I was there. Uh, now, we do have support from higher up, but for my specific sector, yes, I was the chaplain there. And I, I don't want to overlook that each chaplain has a wonderful sidekick by their side, and that's our 56 Mikes, our religious affairs NCOs, and they help us through many, many things. 
I'm sure they'll help you get through it all. Mm. And, and about how many men were your, how many soldiers? They're, they're men and women. Well, we had well over 400. 400 scattered across the, probably hundreds of miles. Yes. So you were you're probably putting on a few miles traveling to see people every day. Uh, my favorite thing was just driving the truck to get to all of them. It was it was wonderful. I've never experienced anything like that. I felt like I was in a in a F one fifty commercial, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> this is Minnesota Military Radio, and we're doing our annual Chaplain's Christmas Christmas show. And Chaplain Wynn, uh, that sounds like an interesting mission. It's not overseas. It's it's here in the United States, but it's down at a trouble spot where a lot of people are trying to get into the United States mm-hmm. illegally. Yeah. Well, it, it, every mission has its its unique features. This one is, I mean, you're so close to home and yet you're so far away. That's hard for soldiers and families. The good news is uh, chaplains are that lifeline. We are the resource experts. We are the referral experts. There isn't a problem that a soldier can have that the chaplains can't help them with through our relationships and partnerships with uh, um, community groups or our soldier and, ready, uh, soldier and family readiness specialists, uh, which are stationed all across the state of Minnesota. And the Minnesota Military Family Foundation goes a long way uh, to assist soldiers if they've got financial problems, and that's been uh, uh, helping soldiers since 2004, if I'm not mistaken. So NOAA can tap into those kinds of resources and, and bring relief and, and bring some confidence back to that soldier's life. And the mission there for the Minnesota Military Family Foundation is to make sure if there's a financial emergency back here that we take care of it so that those soldiers that are deployed can stay on mission and pay attention and get home safe. And uh, that's been a great mission for we're going to come up on 20 years. Yeah, excellent point. Chaplain Mooney, uh, we've alluded to in the first segment that of the 400 soldiers down there, you probably probably represents every religion that that I can name and a couple I can't. Mm -hmm. How do you uh, help all of those soldiers from different backgrounds and different religions. You, you must have to know a little bit about a lot of them. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic question. It's one of the things that we love doing as chaplains because you do realize that there's so much difference. Uh, the biggest one is, one, getting to know your soldiers, right? Um, as chaplains, even though I pin a cross on my uniform as a, uh, a Christian chaplain, doesn't mean that I'm necessarily performing uh, chapel services for every different denomination um, or every different faith background. And so let's say I have a, a Muslim soldier, uh, a Hindu soldier. What it is is getting to know their name, uh, getting to know their belief systems, and then supporting them. Hey, do you have a sacred text that I can get you? Is there is there a, a, a type of religious text that you want? I can get it for you. Do you, or do you know are there other soldiers here uh, that I can connect you with and you can gather together? Uh, do you have a prayer time? And oftentimes I'll go to the commanders and advocate for those soldiers. Maybe they have a religious holiday coming up, uh, and we make sure that they're provided for in that sense. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity, and you really get to know the soldiers' names, and they're more than just a number, they're a person. Chaplain, sounds like uh, the first order of business on that deployment is to build trust. Of course, you're from that unit. They know you to some degree. But when you're down there, you're the lifeline. You're the chaplain. So you have to build some trust and say, what can I help you with? And it might be that they, they just need... Uh, a new pair of boots or something, but mm-hmm. if they if they trust you, they trust that you can access the resources necessary to to help them with the situation. Yeah, absolutely. And and the trust is so big because they'll come to you with needs that you didn't even realize they had. And more importantly, they didn't even their leadership didn't even realize they had them. And so it was an awesome opportunity to grab some of those needs, go back to their leadership, and start advocating and work together with their leadership to put together a game plan. Chaplain Wynn, Chaplain Mooney sounds pretty excited about that mission. I'll bet he did a bang-up job down there. Like I said, off to the races. You know, Noah can probably remember the time I sat him down uh, just as he was about to become a chaplain candidate. 
And I said to him, as I say to all of the young men and women who decide to join the chaplaincy, the Army at some point in time is going to ask you to leave everything comfortable to you, your faith community, your family, your friends, your loved ones, and your comforts, and at little or no notice uh, ask you to go somewhere that's going to be likely austere, likely very dangerous, to be the pillar of religious support for 600 to 1,200 soldiers for up to a year and maybe longer. Noah uh, was a, was a mid-deployment uh, replacement um, and, and dropped everything. He was ready. That's what we do every month when we train. Every drill weekend, we get ready. And Noah was ready, and that's a great testament to his commitment and uh, to his character and his professionalism. Chaplain Mooney, uh, I hope you'll stick around in the fourth segment. We want to talk about taking care of the families while your troops are deployed. Thanks for joining us today. And Chaplain One, we have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk to a chaplain from the 34th Red Bull Infantry Division. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons, and we're doing the Chaplain's Christmas Show with uh, my special guest and co-host, Chaplain uh, Colonel Buddy Wynn. Uh, and in a moment, we're going to hear from another chaplain from the 34th Red Bull Infantry Division. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner. A weekly message from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Commissioner Brad Lindsay. During the holiday season of giving and sharing, we at the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs express our heartfelt thanks to our veterans and the men and women in uniform who continue to protect us. Join me as I take a moment to remember the families who are missing a veteran this holiday season. This is a wonderful time of year and another great opportunity to reflect on our mission of caring for veterans and their families. As 2023 comes to a close, I would like to thank our listeners who have tuned into Minnesota Military Radio. What a great year it's been. I look forward to 2024, and I hope you will continue to join us in the year to come. Best wishes for a wonderful holiday season and a new year of health and happiness. Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Chaplain Wynn, uh, now we're going to move over to uh, the 34th Infantry Division, our Red Bull Soldiers, and it's really made up of more than just the Minnesota National Guard because I understand it's uh, soldiers from about eight states, and, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of them, uh, and uh, I understand they're getting ready for another deployment next year. Yeah, the the need is certainly there, and, and the Army, as you know, you know, 20 years ago, transformed from being a strategic reserve in the National Guard and the reserves into an operational reserve. So we've we've been gamefully employed around the world, really at the front seat of world history at so many times in the Minnesota National Guard. Um, I, I, there's just always going to be a need to care for people. And our Red Bulls do such a good job of it, they get called on regularly to go back out and do it again. That's your reward if you're a good soldier. That's right. Uh, it's hard, um, but somebody's got to do it. And, and we have just fantastic uh, soldiers in the 34th Infantry Division. Just very proud of them. Would you like to introduce uh, the 34th Infantry Division chaplain? Yeah, I will. And, you know, one of the things I always ask someone when I meet them for the first time, if they're in uniform, you know, I'll, I'll say, hey, w- w- what's your unit? What do you do? And then I'll ask next, what do you do when you're not doing Army stuff? And they'll tell me because we have such multi-talented and gifted uh, soldiers in uniform. And so uh, this young man came to me uh, with a full beard um, stating that uh, he had this draw uh, to the chaplaincy as as uh, a member of his faith community, so we got the beard taken care of. But uh, uh, you know his journey. Soldier's haircut too. He's got a good haircut too. <laughs> uh, uh, Michael Galky is just one of just like Noah, one of our fantastic young chaplains who's got a very bright future, and he's the right uh, young man for this mission. 
And, uh, you know, he's on the other side of it from Noah. Noah just got back. Well, now Michael's just getting ready to go with his unit. So uh, I'd like to introduce Chaplain Captain Michael Gulkey. Chaplain Gulkey, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. And congratulations. It's your 712th episode. I was told thank you for all you do for our community and for the veterans, and thank you for your service to our country. Well, thank you, Chaplain. It's uh, just part of my volunteer duties, and it allows me to know people like Chaplain Wynn, and that's a great deal. Can you give us a little background? Uh, what kind of uh, pastor are you, what type of a, what religion, and, and how did you get involved in the 34th Infantry Division? Yeah, so um, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I've served in congregational settings in various ways. I've served as a bishop. I've served as an elders quorum president, which is kind of the equivalent of men's ministry. Served, uh, did a lot of youth ministry and church education. But the LES Church is a volunteer organization, so I pay the bills by being a healthcare chaplain. I started my chaplaincy career as a chaplain in long-term care, worked with a lot of older adults. I transitioned then to hospice home care worked with uh, a varying amount of people because everyone dies. And then now I currently serve in a hospital context in Woodbury, Minnesota. Chaplain, I've always thought that'd be the the toughest position, maybe it's not, to prepare people that have lived a good life, uh, a long life, hopefully, and and they're getting ready to meet the Lord. Uh, And I've always personally thought that that last day is going to be a wonderful day and a terrible day. Terrible because I'm leaving, but it's going to be wonderful because I'm going to get to meet him. Yeah, death is a very sacred experience, and I've had a lot of beautiful moments with individuals as they've approached the end. Very good, sir. Uh, and how long have you been with the division? I've been with the division now about three years. Before that, I was with the 194 Cavalry Unit out of Duluth. Uh, cut my teeth up there with the guard. This is Minnesota Military Radio, and we're doing our annual Chaplain's Christmas Show with Chaplain Colonel Buddy Wynn and uh, Chaplain Captain Noah Mooney and Chaplain Captain Michael Gulkey. And I got those all out without messing up the names, right, Chaplains? Congratulations. All right. I'm safe for the rest of the show. Chaplain Gulkey, uh, one of the big things, you're getting ready for a deployment back to the Middle East. It's uh, what we talked about earlier. It's all about readiness, isn't it? Yeah. Everything in the military comes down to readiness, like... uh, Chaplain Wynn said, always ready. So the division has known that this was coming up for almost a year, as I understand it? Yeah, we've known for a little over a year that this was coming. So um, we've had plenty of time to prepare, and the 34th ID has a wonderful reputation uh, of being prepared and doing a wonderful job every time they've gone out to, to do a mission. really feel like I get to stand on the the shoulders of these giants and just continue that legacy. Uh, I understand this is a pretty large deployment back to the Middle East, somewhere that the division has been many times since we've been on here over the last 14 years. So a lot of your senior leaders have been there. They know where they're going. They know who their partners are because you're going over there partnering with those countries. Is Does that all come into play in your in your preparedness and in the, the senior NCOs and the senior uh, officers have to pass along what they've known? To the rest of the soldiers. Yeah, it's really been a gift because along, I'd say about half of our soldiers have deployed over to the Middle East, and then the other half is new. And so there's a lot of accumulated wisdom that's able that we're able to share with our younger soldiers who are coming into this in a very different world than maybe our senior NCOs and our officers. So you help each other along the way. Yeah, it's one big family. 
Now, is this going to be your first deployment? This will be my first deployment, yes, sir. And are there? do you have other chaplains going with you on this one? Yeah, so I'm part of a team. Um, I'm the HHBN chaplain, so I'm the battalion chaplain, and then we have the division chaplain and then his operations chaplain, and then we have uh, two 56 Mikes who will be coming with us to support the team. And 56 Mike is the military occupational specialty for a religious affairs specialist. Okay, an old Air Force guy wouldn't know that. But Chaplain Wynn, I wanted to ask you, I've talked to you, I've seen you in the Middle East, mm-hmm. I think in 2011 when we first met. Right. And and there are other assets available. For instance, if there isn't a rabbi available and you need one, there might be somebody in the neighborhood that can come and help. Yeah, these guys know, too, when they deploy, the first thing that you do is you find the other chaplains and you link arms because you're going to need one another. Uh, and so you can, you can engage with uh, some of those off-post resources. Uh, we took uh, Muslim soldiers during Ramadan to the Grand Mosque in Kuwait City. It was incredible. Uh, what an amazing experience. And, and we shared an iftar meal. We, uh, we had a, a lay leader that was certified and, and approved uh, to lead our Passover service with our Jewish personnel. Uh, and, w- you know, I'm there with them. I'm, I'm observing and I'm engaging and I'm, I'm right there with them to support them and, and just bolster that confidence. Does Chaplain Galke understand that the, the message from the division is the greatest strength and the most valuable resource of the 34th Infantry Division is our soldiers? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about readiness and getting them ready. You're going along to minister to them while they're there, and and it's all about let's take care of those soldiers and make sure they're ready to do whatever the mission demands. Yeah, and I think like key to that readiness is their spiritual readiness. Um, I think our spiritual readiness helps us with our values, our beliefs, our identity, and when we're away from our families and things get real difficult, to know who we are, to know what our beliefs are, and to know what our values are strengthen us and enable us to keep moving forward. And Mike, that that's such a great point because you know uh, your your smartness, your talent, your charisma uh, will take you a long way. But at some point, uh, it's not going to be enough, and that's the foundation you're going to have to stand on. Is it going to be a firm foundation, or is it going to be a sandy foundation that's not going to stand when things get hot? And my follow up question: If I'm one of those soldiers, I want to know the chaplain's there for me in case I can't resolve an issue any other way. Or maybe first go talk to the chaplain. But have you had a chance to tell everybody you're going along, you're going to be there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been very fortunate that I've got some well-worn boots, and I I get out and circulate quite a bit and build those relationships. I think the strength of the chaplaincy, like Chaplain Wynn said, is about relationships. It's about that pastoral presence. When when you can bring the gift of confidentiality mm-hmm. into a relationship with a soldier, uh, that, again, the trust and the, the strength is multiplied. Chaplain Galkley, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you can stick around, we've got another topic to cover in the first part of the fourth segment. And Chaplain Wynn, we'll run out of time for number three. We'll be right back with the final segment, including five minutes of prayer with Chaplain Wynn. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been uh, doing our annual Chaplain's Christmas show with Chaplain Colonel Buddy Wynn, uh, Chaplain Captain Noah Mooney, and Chaplain Captain Michael Galke. And Chaplain Wynn, uh, one thing we've just barely touched on, haven't uh, adequately touched on, is when we send our soldiers and airmen on deployments, uh, if it's a big enough group, they take a chaplain, chaplain's assistant, and, and they help them through the deployments, get into the battle ribbon rhythm, take care of the things that are going on. What happens to the families back home when they have a loved one deployed? 
I know you have some of your chaplain's corps is there to, to help them as well. As well. We do. We, we've always got a plan for the rear detachment. Those that don't go forward, uh, we're there to care for those families uh, with, as we mentioned earlier, a variety of resources and, and referrals. Um, it, so it's a, it's a uh, you know, cooperative effort. And again, it goes back to relationships, not just with the families, but the others that are caring for those families. So we're always going to be available that way. And in, in Minnesota, as we talked about, uh, you know, we, we are full. Our chaplains are full. We could take more, but we have all the chaplains that we are allotted or allocated. Uh, so we're not, we're not lacking in that area. But if we have a, a religious leader out there that's got a little time in their hands, you'd like to talk to them. If they're, if they're planning on seminary or going to seminary or have completed seminary, I wish they'd please call me and we can talk about their potential future in the Minnesota National Guard as a chaplain. And if you can't find Chaplain Wynn, just go to Minnesota Military Radio, click on Contact Us, and I will see to it that he calls you. <laughs> chaplain Mooney, you just got back from a deployment to the southern border, about 400 soldiers. There had to be some things going on back home that disturbed the, the soldiers and maybe some problems with their families. Did that come up? Yeah, absolutely. And and funny enough, this was my first personal time to experience. Uh, right before I roll out uh, to leave, the day before, my wife turns over and says, hey, we're pregnant. <laughs> and oh, so <laughs> you, can, you can imagine, but uh, it was great because it gave me a chance to really understand a little bit more of what these soldiers are going through. Each one of them, uh, before they leave, especially those who have families, they put together a family care plan uh, and what it looks like to care for the family while they're away. Uh, but not everything goes according to plan. Uh, you have kids who they're sick, uh, they're staying home, uh, your, your caretaker is sick as well, they're gone, uh, people get hurt, um, things break at home. And there are a million different variables, and the soldiers are trying to wrestle with it from afar. Uh, and it's beautiful with today's technology. You can, you can call, but you also can FaceTime. And those videos go a long way. But uh, you're journeying along these, these soldiers who they really do want their loved ones back, to, back home to know that they are, in fact, loved. And technology has changed it because they know instantly if there's a problem. And if there is a big problem, they could be distracted. And that could get somebody hurt. So. We need to, the resources that we have here in Minnesota to help those families while your troops are deployed. 100%, yes. Chaplain Galke, you've heard some of this. I'm sure you've the Chaplain Corps have, have talked about this. Uh, is there a rear detachment chaplain that will be assigned to the families when, when the division is deployed? Yeah, we have an excellent uh, rear detachment chaplain, someone I'm very familiar with, worked alongside for my years here in the Guard. Uh, he'll be over taking care of our families. We've got a great family readiness group. Um, the unit just is really one of its focuses to take care of our families while we're away. So you're prepared for that and getting, getting ready to divide up the duties. You take care of the soldiers and yep. they'll take care of the families. Yeah, we've been in having lots of conversations about that and making sure we're communicating back and forth. All right. Well, I hope you have a great deployment, Chaplain. I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you, sir. And Chaplain Mooney, uh, nice to meet you. Welcome back. And can't wait to hear what your next deployment's going to be, but I hope that's after you have that baby. <laughs> Thank you. Chaplain Wynn, this, uh, this occurs to me, technology changes everything. When I was in Vietnam, we learned about what was going back here in the world by letter. Mm -hmm. And if they had to call us, they had to use a radio phone and said, hello, this is Chaplain Wynn, over. That's right. I mean, we didn't know what was going on, and I think we were luckier than today's troops because we could just focus on the mission. That's true, and, and you had a, something you could bring home with you, you know, that, that letter that's in that envelope, and you remember when you got it and the f effect it had on you and seeing your loved one's handwriting. Uh, it's very, very powerful. And the first thing you did was smell it because it right. came from your girlfriend. Yep, yep. It usually <laughs> smelled pretty good. And we kept all those letters when we were there. Mm. 
Chaplain, uh, I want to thank you for bringing in uh, these younger chaplains. The future of the Chaplain Corps here in Minnesota, I think, yeah. is in pretty good hands. Absolutely. The cha- I sleep like a baby at night when I think about the future of the chaplaincy in Minnesota National Guard. All right. Well, uh, we're coming up to the important part of the show here, our annual Christmas show. And even though there's a rule against uh, praying and preaching on, the, on a military resource show, it's waived today. Hmm. And we're I'm anxiously waiting for your Christmas message for me and all the people who listen to this show all over Minnesota, you're on, Chaplain. Tom, thank you for your confidence. And for our listeners, whether you're near or far, or you're, you're here in Minnesota or, or perhaps stationed far away, I'm really honored to share, you know, a moment of warmth and connection uh, in, in, this, in this special time. And so first off, greetings to everyone who's listening and to our brave men and, uh, brave men and women in uniform, to the families who are waiting at home and to our uh, wonderful community, community across the state of Minnesota. I want you to know that your strength and resilience inspire us every day. You know, this, this is a time of the year uh, where we should be dealing in joy and hope. And, and even if you're apart, our spirits are united in celebration and reflection. So our challenge uh, can be engaging with stability and hardship. The world is an uh, unstable, unpredictable place. And I think that during times of hardship, it's really the small and steadfast things that often bring us the greatest comfort. Talk about handwritten letters, Tom. I remember receiving handwritten letters in Iraq from a, from a friend. To me, that was like a beacon of stability. You know, it reminded me of what was back home waiting for me. And, and that literally helps you to get yourself out of the red zone if you're struggling. So uh, this week, I, I encourage everyone to embrace simple joys, you know, sharing stories. Uh, at our house, we gather on the piano, we sing together, uh, or simply sit in quiet reflection. Uh, it's these small acts where we find our strength and our connection. Another very important part of this time of year, I believe, is, is community. I wanted to share that we had over 20 soldiers and airmen uh, join me just before Thanksgiving uh, as we packed Thanksgiving baskets for those in need. We were, we were at uh, the Minneapolis Central Church of Christ, and that church feeds 150 to 200 families every single Saturday. And they're, they're in need of volunteers as they care for their community. We were able to do that together with the community and, and be present You know, our motto is we live here, we work here, we serve here. And so we care for our our neighbors and our community together. Uh, Those acts of kindness and community spirit really embody the true essence of this season. So as we celebrate this season, I want us to hold on to hope. Hope for peace, hope for joy, and for a future that's even better than our present. Even in the darkest of times, the light of community, love, and faith is what keeps us going, uh, without a doubt. So it doesn't matter what your tradition or your practice is this time of the year. Uh, I'm here to tell you that your engagement with those around you uh, is going to have a positive impact on your mind and your body and soul. This is what we call the science of spirituality. Uh, and, and the science uh, always shows that community is what uh, a- activates that part of your brain associated with resilience. So... Uh, my prayer this year as we gather in spirit uh, from all corners of our state and our world is that divine protection would continue to remain with those that are in harm's way, uh, that those who are alone this time of year might be comforted, and that we can be a, a part of that effort to comfort those who are alone, and that peace would reign in our hearts, and that our actions and choices would bring peace into the world around us, and that as a result, each person listening would have joy to fill their lives. Amen. So as you gather with loved ones, I want to wish everyone a peaceful celebration. I encourage you to stay safe, stay connected, keep the faith, and Merry Christmas.
Chaplain Wynn, I'd like to thank you for your for your message today. And uh, I, for one, after doing the show today and meeting some of your young chaplains from the Chaplain Corps, um, I'm encouraged. I think our soldiers and airmen are in good hands, and and I'd encourage all of them uh, to go talk to their chaplains first, not last, if they if they need a resource because. You and your and your chaplain corps are ready. We are ready, and I want to thank all the listeners today. I want to thank our veteran community, and I want to thank uh, you, Tom, for for ten great chaplain Christmas shows that we do every year. I'm not going to say this is going to be our last. We don't know what the future holds, uh, but if you'll call, I'll certainly answer and love to be back here with you next year. Well, chaplain, just to set the record straight, uh, we're we're doing every other show with uh, Doug Wortham through Memorial Day. I'm still going to be the executive uh, director. I'm still going to be the backup host, and I'm still going to do specials. So we already got one in the in the request wheel for the Hanukkah Christmas next year. <laughs> You're going to have to help me figure that out. Okay, I, I'm going to say, like you said to me, the Minnesota Military Radio Hour is in good hands. Well, I, the retired uh, uh, command sergeant major, uh, all those years in the military, uh, he's he's thrilled and he's in, he's enjoying the opportunity to do this, and he says it keeps him connected with his brothers and sisters from the Minnesota National Guard. You understand that, don't you? I do, and, and honestly, uh, it's Command Sergeant Major Wortham is a dear friend and just a great guy. Well, and I think the show's in good hands, and uh, I'll come back and help him whatever he wants. Awesome. Chaplain, thanks for joining us again this year. Thanks, Tom. Merry Christmas to you. We're just about out of time. Uh, I'd like to thank our guests for joining us today, uh, Colonel Chaplain Buddy Wynn, Chaplain Captain Noah Mooney, Chaplain Captain Michael Galkey. Uh, the Commissioner of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, Brad Lindsay, and last, Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week as we start uh, the first of two shows. Uh, we call them Year in Review. Next week will be with the Governor and the Commissioner of the NVVA. And the following week will be with the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard and the Director of the Minneapolis VA Hospital. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Uh, Thanks for joining us, uh, and I hope you make a difference in someone's life next week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at minnesotamilitaryradio.com.